You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1166. So the other part about this where it's going to force you to raise your income thermostat is you need to change your environment. Okay, the single best way to change your income thermostat and get uncomfortable is to be in an environment where people are making more money than you. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. So today we're going to talk about wealth mindset. And this topic is so important because if your mindset is not correct, I don't care what business you're in, and especially real estate wholesaling, you are never going to get over the hump. And I can tell you what, though, if you are willing to release your brakes, okay, and listen to what I'm telling you today, you are going to be running circles around your competitors. Today seems like, you know what, Todd, this, uh, you know, this mindset stuff, you know, let's just get to the nuts and bolts. Let me tell you, this is the nuts and bolts. This is the skeleton, the bones, the foundation of making money. So, 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 so important. So today I'm going to talk about the wealth mindset in real estate investing. So one of the things that I'm going to talk about today is the income thermostat, and that's going to be my first point. But, but before I jump into the show, I'm going just to give a shout out to Omar Zaloom, and he's in the Wholesaling Inc. Facebook group. Total Rockstar locked up his first owner finance deal. Okay. If you don't know what an owner finance deal is, that means where you negotiate with a seller for them to be a bank with little, hopefully little to no money down, right? There's no banks. There's no credit checks. You don't have to prove your income. It's just so, so awesome. And I'm a big fan of not only whole, uh, wholesaling real estate, but of also holding real estate for the long term. It is one of the ultimate wealth builders. And so Omar Zaloom, awesome job putting that in the Wholesaling Inc. Facebook group. Love your contribution. By the way, if you want to join the Wholesaling Inc. Facebook group, go ahead and go to wholesalingincgroup.com, wholesalingincgroup.com. That'll direct you to the Facebook page. And go ahead, say at Todd Toback. Love to connect with you in that group and uh, meet you and hear about your good news. So thanks, Omar. All right, so let's jump in to that income thermostat. So the income thermostat is basically the first level, probably one of the most important things that you need to focus on when uh, you are getting involved in being an entrepreneur. So what I want you to do is I want you to think back to when you were you know, 15 and 16 years old. And so for me, that was a while ago. <laughs> you know, some of you 20-somethings, maybe it wasn't that long ago, but I could tell you what, uh, I remember I got my first real job and I was a lifeguard on the beach in Long Beach, New York, which is one of the best beaches on the planet. But I remember that prior to that, I was working as a bag boy in a grocery store, making four twenty-five an hour at the time at Seatown in Atlantic Beach. And so my second job was, you know, a lifeguard. And I remember getting paid, I think it was 
uh, $12.95 an hour at the time. And that was significantly more than any of my friends were making and significantly more than I was making. And I got to tell you that uh, you know I used to work 50 hours a week. And so if you add all that money up after taxes, and again, this is a rough number, but I was making about 3,800 bucks a summer. Now, I don't know about you, but at 16 years old, 3,800 bucks is a lot of money. And I was completely flush and I'm loving life. I was extremely comfortable and I wasn't thinking about trying to make $45,000 a year, $55,000 a year, $100,000 a year. That was my income thermostat. And so every single year I used to work my butt off in the summer, get my 3,800 bucks, you know, and, and that money would last me, you know, through the entire year until I would work again the next summer, right? And so, you know, it probably went up a little bit, 4,000, 5,000, you know, every single year. But the, the point is, is that I was comfortable with that 3,800 bucks. If I wasn't comfortable with it, if I was truly uncomfortable with it, right? Well, then I would have found a way to get into the job during the year. But I didn't do that because that's where my head was at. So what caused me to make that next jump? Well, was when I graduated college. So now I want you to take a look at this. I'm graduating college. What changes, right? Well, now my parents aren't, my my parents did help me with college, right? But now my uh, living situation changes. I'm not getting any support from my dad or my mom. And now I'm not going to live in a roommate situation with four you know, four guys who never clean up <laughs> and a house full of beer cans, you know? And so now all of a sudden I've got big boy, or if you're a lady, big girl bills. And so my rent goes from 300 a month now to $1,300 a month. And now around me, right? My friends from college are now starting to get real jobs. What does that mean? Well, they're starting to get 45 50, $55,000 a year job. Some of them are getting $30,000 a year jobs, right? But around me, my environment changes, right? The people around me who I'm associating with, their income is starting to rise, which makes me uncomfortable with the 3,800 bucks that I was making in that summer. So the natural progression of number one, my environment, and number two, the pressure of having these new bills, right? The fire is causing me to go out and get my first real job, right? So what happens? Well, I go out and I decide that I want to get a job in the pharmaceutical industry, right? $44,000 was my base salary. And let me tell you, I was a rich man. My next level of income, oh, feels so good, right? So what do I do? I got a a little condo, got a a one roommate over there. Now I'm paying, I don't know, $900 a month, $1,000 a month at the time. And I'm comfortable. Right. I am very, very, very comfortable. All my friends, you know, I'm making more than my friends. I've working for Pfizer selling Viagra and I'm comfortable. I'm just sitting there until, until, okay. I finally, I meet a girl and I decided that I want to buy a house. I start reading books on one of them was multiple streams of income by Robert Allen. And I start looking at my financial situation and realize I am uncomfortable. Okay, I, and I'm going to get to some meat and bones here in a for a second, but I'm setting the stage. There's a trigger, a moment, something that causes me to now my thermostat drops below a certain level and says, I am not comfortable with this anymore, right? I'm not comfortable 
you know, having a roommate, right? I'm going to need to buy a house and I can't buy a house with my current income. And so now I need to turn on the fire, a dissatisfaction of where I'm at. And so I picked up the book, Multiple Streams of Income by Robert Allen at the time. I read it. I get very uncomfortable because I'm reading books, you know, with all these wealthy people, I start getting training, education, I get a mentorship and now I'm like on fire. So then I go get and do my first real estate deal. Oh, man, I'm loving it, right? I'm loving it. And now guess what happens? Now I do my first real estate deal. I get basically, it was an $80,000 deal. I split that with my private investor at the time, right? That the purpose of this podcast, that's irrelevant. I cut that in half. I made $40,000, but guess what, right? I got that check. I feel great, but now I am cozy. I'm in my comfort zone, right? Here's the interesting thing. And I want you to notice that this is a trapping of the wealth mindset. So after I did my first deal, I still got my job, right? I'm making more than my friends. And now I get that first $40,000 paycheck. And now, you know, basically I made more than one month than, you know, most of my friends are making in a year. So now what do I do? Well, all of a sudden my thermostat turns off. Click, right? In your house, have you ever heard that little thermostat click on and off, depending on where the temperature went, just shuts off. Here's something I don't tell a lot of people, except for you. <laughs> just me and you on this podcast is after I did that first deal, it was pretty much another two years before I got dissatisfied. Okay. What happened was, by the way, I broke up with my girlfriend, right? <laughs> didn't want to buy another house. I really didn't have any like, you know, prospects in mind. I wasn't thinking about building a family. Now my thermostat was truly off, right? And so now I'm just sitting there as a single guy. And so hey, I just kind of moseyed along, didn't do a deal for two years. Then I met the one and I met my beautiful wife, Marianne. And I knew that, um, I actually knew her from high school, but basically we reconnected. And I got to tell you, I knew we were going to get married. That thermostat fired up. Man, it was like a, a rocket ship. <laughs> Long story short, when we were engaged, I got my rear end in high gear and started hustling. But the cycle doesn't continue because I was doing deals. I bought the first house, by the way. We moved in into it. I was comfortable, but I was stuck at a plateau. So you know what happened? All right. Eventually, I got the first kid. I got the second kid. And then all of a sudden, right, I remember the, the, the market, the real estate market crashed. I got that third kid on the way. Real estate wasn't easy at the time. And I was kind of cruising. And all of a sudden, that's when I really turned on the afterburners. I said, this is where I got to take it to the next level. And I wanted to go from a deep six-figure income soon, then deep into the seven figures. And so that's when I really, really turned it up was obviously when I got the kids, multiple kids, and I knew I had to make it happen. But notice that these life events forced me, right? Forced me out of my comfort zone and turned on my thermostat. And so I know that this is a really, really long point to where I'm trying to go. But the thermostat is probably one of the most important indicators because no matter where you are in your life, it's a result of your standards, whether you like to admit it or not, right? Your current income, your current bank account, your investments is a reflection of your current standards, of my current standards. And so what you have to do with the wealthy mindset is now force yourself to continually get uncomfortable with your financial situation because right now you have an income thermostat, right? And if you're, if you're like, Todd, I don't. Well, it's probably set to a level that's just so low 
right? <laughs> if, if you're really not making the money that you're like, I can never be there. So here's an example. If you're listening to this, I don't know, you're making 40 or $50,000 a year. And I said, hey, would you go work at McDonald's? And you tell me no. Well, you then have an income thermostat, right? You're telling me, hey, Todd, you know, I am not willing to work for 15 or $14 an hour at fast food, right? Well, okay, then your income thermostat, right, is right where you are at, right? The same thing kind of happens with your weight, right? If you hit a certain point, you gain too much weight, all of a sudden the thermostat comes on, the tipping point. And so what you have to do is you got to force yourself to continually push and push and push that income thermostat higher and higher and higher and get uncomfortable with that. There's a phenomenal book that I think uh, you should read. It's called Release Your Breaks. It's actually out of print, but you can find it on eBay, buy digital copy, but go ahead and check Release Your Breaks. Uh, It's an awesome way to talk about, obviously, you think about the metaphor behind that. All right. So now that you've adjusted your income thermostat, you have forced yourself to do that. I'll give you one tip, by the way, and one tip to do that is... uh, well, I'll, I'll come back to that is actually, no, I'll do that. I'll do this second. So the other part about this, where it's going to force you to raise your income thermostat is you need to change your environment. Okay. The single best way to change your income thermostat and get uncomfortable is to be in an environment where people are making more money than you. So for example, if you are making $50,000 a year and you all of a sudden are in an environment where people are making three or 400 and I'm talking about really making that, okay? You now are gonna get uncomfortable. You're gonna feel like you're the lowest performer of the group. And this, my friend, is a very, very, very good feeling. So you could do one of two things. Either you're going to retreat from that group and say, hey, you know what? Like money's not important to me. You know, there are more important things than money and those guys, all they think about is money. Which, look, there are way more important things than money, but I've seen some people making forty or fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, be way more obsessed with money than guys making millions. Just FYI. Okay, so you want to change that environment to change your thermostat, so that if you're in a group, I can tell you the single most important factor is your circle that you're in. So how do you do that? Well, number one, you want to check out just local entrepreneur groups. You want to check out investor groups, Facebook groups online, but make sure these people are making more. I'd check out your church, your synagogue, your mosque, ask who the movers and shakers are, get local mentors. You want to be around people who are wholesaling. You want mentors. You want to read books, but the the people aspect, I cannot, actual physical people, I cannot underestimate the proximity principle. Okay, so that's the second thing is you've got to get a new crowd. This alone Okay, we'll jack up your thermostat forever. Okay, the next thing I'm going to talk about is don't ask, don't get. And I find, especially if I'm going to actually go into like specific details, is in this business, we're in the business of finding motivated sellers, someone who has a problem. And I find that most people negotiate to their income thermostat. So they believe whatever their mind that their usual deal is 10,000. And you will find in those people's business that usually you'll find that the people who do $10,000 deals normally do 10,000, 10,000, 10,000, 10,000, 10,000. In my world, I always say you got to push that to 20, to 30, to 40, to 50, to 100, to middle six figures, to seven figures. Okay. Now, obviously there are some, some limitations depending on where you live, but I find most of the time these are mental. You know, for example, I talk to someone and they say, I can't do big deals because I'm in a lower end market. 
And so that's why I'm stuck doing $10,000 deals. And I'm like, okay, well, what's your average selling price of a deal? They're like, oh, 150. And I say, well, why do you, you know, what do you normally pay for that type of deal if you sell it for 150? They're like, well, we normally buy that for 140. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just buy it for 100? Hey guys, I want to interrupt the podcast real quick to talk about flipfinder.ai. If there's only one tool that I can use in my real estate investing business, it would be flipfinder.ai. It has lists that are 15 times more likely to sell in the next 90 days. That is bananas. Not only that, but it's got a full CRM. It's got a full deal analyzer. You can comp all of your properties right there. It gives you all the property information nationwide, and you can download over 20,000 leads every single month. It is bananas. Check it out today, flipfinder.ai. And all of a sudden, a light bulb went on. Oh, I, I couldn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you could. <laughs> you absolutely could do that. And so that's where the income thermostat. By the way, I hear people in higher end markets say the same exact thing, right? People who make big money on deals expect it. They negotiate it. They ask for a better price. They refuse to do teeny tiny deals. And so their income thermostat, right, greatly affects for what they ask for. And what you ask for, okay, is going to determine what you get. Very rarely is the seller going to give you what you're thinking that you want or more than you're expecting in terms of margin. You've got to ask for that margin. Okay. Now, the other thing that I like to do, and this is a real tactical point is, uh, and this goes back to psychology is, and Grant Cardone talks about this. Okay. And he has mentored me in this way is you must go broke. Okay. What do I mean by broke? Well, Poor people go broke by buying cars they can't afford, okay? They go broke when they don't have $50,000 in the bank, but instead they go buy a $100,000 car with a $1,400 payment. And most of you listening to this, that's like the situation that you might be in, right? <laughs> Where you're buying fancy cars or you're taking on payments that you're like, oh, it's only $1,300 a month or $800 a month. And I can tell you, if you don't have 50 or 100K in the bank, okay, you've got no business spending a thousand dollars a month on a car. Okay. Why? Because that thousand dollars needs to go into your marketing. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in the wealth mindset, but most people go broke by buying stuff. How do I want you to go broke? I want you to go broke by putting your money in investments, right? I want you to buy real estate. I want you to buy businesses. I want you to buy, uh, I want you to invest in marketing for your business that's going to generate a return, right? I'd love for you to do apartment deals and partner up with people and squad up. That's just so, so, so important. And so now you're taking your cash and you are working it and you are working it and you are working it. Okay. So that now, okay, you are, you look at your bank account, And now it's forcing you, remember me talking about that bank account, right? Where you're getting uncomfortable. Your bank account now is, is getting down to that five, 10,000, $15,000 range. Now, all of a sudden, what does that thermostat do? Click. It turns on that thermostat turns on. And now you're going to work and you are starting to crush it, but you don't go broke by spending stuff, right? You go broke by making your money grow. Okay. And that's the second thing is that rich people Look, 
as money as their slave. You got to learn how to turn money into your slave and teach it how to multiply. This time of year, I always love to read a book, Richest Man in Babylon. Got to read that book, man. It is so, so basic, but so awesome. Every time I read it, the light bulb just goes on. And so you got to learn how to turn money into your slave. Unfortunately, most people who struggle financially, they are a slave to their money. They're a slave to their things, slave to the car, slave to the house, slave to big fancy dinners when they can't afford it. By the way, just so you know, I am a big fan of a great steak at a steakhouse, right? I live in San Diego. I love taking my wife to Fleming's and I love treating ourselves. But you know, for me at this point, it's a very, very, very small part of my income, right? And so for you, I want you to be able to splurge on those things one day when, when it's a very small part of your income. This bull crap of I'm going to buy these great things so that I'm going to eventually be wealthy. That's exactly, that's bull crap. All right. You got to invest in yourself and you've got to invest in your business and you've got to get your money working sleeping, right? Before, while you're sleeping before investing in any of that crap. Okay. So that being said, my next point, stop trying to impress other people, right? I can tell you that 99% of people are broke. They are trying to, out of insecurity, flex on social media. They're trying to let everyone know they're rich instead of doing the things that rich people do. Okay. Look at everybody else and do the opposite. You know who you should try to impress? Okay. Your spouse, if you're married, (laughs) right? You don't don't want to try to impress your friends. You want to try to impress your spouse if you're married, right? You want to get that money working, honey. We are now going to get money working while we sleep. If you're a male, your wife's going to love that leadership. You're a female, your husband's going to love that leadership. But we've got to make this money work. We've got to make it multiply. And then we're going to make that money. The babies of your money, right? They're going to have babies. (laughs) One of the rules of richest man of Babylon is do not eat thy money's children. Okay. And very, very important. This is the miracle of compound interest. Okay. The other thing that I'm going to mention is, uh, would you rather spend $1,400 on a, uh, I don't know, $130,000 car right right now? Or would you rather spend $1,300 a month in your marketing? You want to look at costs in your business, the right ones as an investment, right? Every dollar that I put into my business where I'm focused, I'm not being stupid. I'm being strategic. I look at that as investment. So if I spend a dollar, I demand 10 back. If I spend a dollar, I demand 10 back. There is no other place where you can get that kind of return, right? That's a thousand percent return, right? Where if you decide you're going to spend a thousand dollars a month in postcard marketing, you can get $10,000. If you want to go to novationleads.com and that's that internet advertising I've talked about where you spend a dollar and you get 10 back, man, that's the kind of marketing that I've talked about. If you want to hire a key uh, virtual assistant, who uh, you know is going to take off menial tasks off your plate, and you invest a thousand dollars in him or her? Man, they're going to give you ten thousand dollars back. How much better is that than a car, right? Or you know, fancy clothes that you don't need? Again, I'm a big fan of having nice stuff if you can afford it, right? If it's a small part of your income, if your investments are generating money for for, for all this stuff. So go ahead, enjoy your life, but you got to earn it. Right, you gotta earn, you gotta become an investor, you gotta turn money into your slave. This is how rich people think. All right. All the broke people out there, they got low income thermostats, they're trying to impress 
other people. <laughs> they buy stuff they don't need. They're not investing in their business. They're, they've got a bunch of depreciating assets. And I don't mean real estate, right? I'm talking about stuff that's actually going down at in value versus up, right? And here's the last one. Okay, this is the last wealth tip that I'm gonna talk about and I'm gonna summarize here. As you can tell, I'm really passionate about this is stop looking at your competition. You looking at your competition is going to lead to a feeling of scarcity, uh, wanting, not having. They're gonna take something from you. And I gotta tell you, that is weak. You don't wanna play, you don't wanna be in a spot there. For me, I always like to look at myself. I like to look at, whenever I feel like I'm looking at my competition, what I like to do is I like to get a piece of paper And I like to write down 100 things that I could do better in my current business, right? And believe me, if you try, there's like 100 things that you can do. And then of those hundreds, what I want you to do is pick the one. Okay, by the way, it doesn't even have to be 100, just do 20, okay? (laughs) And just pick the one best thing that you can do that's gonna move the needle in your business. And I can tell you right now that you are robbing from yourself by not doing these things. You're spending your time worrying about your competition, right? Versus worrying about improving yourself. There's so many things that we can do. There's so much abundance out there. Sure, uh, could a a competitor steal a deal from you? Uh, Yeah, but there's a million other deals out there, things that you could be doing to go out there and get the money that you need, not only to survive, but thrive. Okay, so I know this is a longer episode, but let me just summarize here. Number one, you got to work on that income thermostat. You've got to push it up. I'm going to recommend a book that's called Release Your Break. That's by Jim Newman or James Newman, but it's out of print. Go ahead and check it out on eBay. The other part about this is it relates to the income thermostat. If you don't ask, you don't get. Okay, so you got to go for big deals. You got to ask for those big deals because you are going to always, always negotiate to the level of your expectations. The seller is never gonna come back to you and say, hey, you know what? I wanna give you another $20,000 discount so you can make $20,000 more. Not gonna happen. Number three, probably the most important, get a new crowd, okay? Get with people who are making a lot more money than you. If you're completely broke and you're around other broke people who are trying to get involved in wholesaling, that's okay, at least they're heading in a different direction, but you gotta get around people who are making more. Mentors who are gonna push you out of your comfort zone. Next, stop trying to impress other people by buying stupid things. Take that money, okay, and make money your slave, right? None of this, like, I'm going to buy a really, really nice car, and then people are going to think I'm successful, and so I'm going to do more deals. That's a farce, right? Take that money and invest it into your business. Make money your slave. Make it work while you sleep. You got to read Richest Man in Babylon. You want to look at investments in your business, right? Not as a cost, but as an investment, something that's going to give you an ROI. Is it the money on direct mail? Is it the money on the internet leads that I spoke about? Is it the uh, people, right? The virtual assistant that you hire? I don't know what it is, but look at the best ROI that you can get in your business. Invest that money and then get it back 10 times over. Lastly, stop looking at your competition, right? Look at yourself. If you ever feel yourself looking around, be like, oh, I lost a deal, right? Write down 20 things. You could probably write 100, but write down 20 things. Pick the best one, work on it, okay? And take yourself to the moon. Reminder, by the way, if uh, you wanna hook up with me in that Facebook group, go to wholesalingincgroup.com. Hit me up at Todd Toback, and I would love to connect with you. Let me know about an episode that you'd like to hear, a problem, challenge, deal, high five, whatever it is, reach out. And I would love to answer your question. Love to interact with you. And I will talk to you on the next episode. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.